Hello, and welcome back, or welcome, to the Yours Truly podcast. This is episode 184 of the show, which also happens to be our December episode, and also it's our last episode of 2023, because I guess that's how time works. December, last month of the year, here we are. Feels wild to say that, but my name's Claire. I'm a registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor, and about once a month, I also happen to be the host of this podcast. So whether it's your first time or 184th time joining me, I'm glad you're here to spend a little bit of time with me and our guest. I'll introduce her in a minute and hopefully end the year on a positive or at least a neutral note. I don't know about you, but my holiday season is doing its thing. I am currently seated at my desk in my home office to record this intro and behind me are gifts that I have been wrapping over the past couple of days. I try to spread things out so that I'm not overwhelmed by needing to wrap a lot of boxes and do a lot of bows all in one day, especially since my fiance and I travel, we're going to see my family for the holidays, so I don't want to be having to pack my bags and my suitcase and like snacks and all of that in addition to having to wrap all of the stuff on one day. So I've been doing that, which means my background for video calls and recording some social media content has been a sofa, my office couch, filled with a couple different types of wrapping paper and tape and bows and bags and all the things, but we're making it work. It's the yours truly headquarters slash gift wrapping staging station this year. Something I've also been trying to do this holiday season is bake, which I don't mean to sound so timid when I say that, but I'm really not a baker. I think I've shared here on the podcast before, I know I have on social media, that I just don't love baking. I love the end product. I love being able to enjoy something sweet and tasty, but the process of baking is a little bit too rule-filled for me. I'm more drawn to cooking because I feel like I can be more creative and just throw ingredients into a pot and try to use some kitchen common sense and things mostly turn out well, most of the time at least, but with baking, you can't do that. Like you can't go off book, you cannot go off recipe because the times that I have tried, that has just not gone well for me. But I have made two things this holiday season. The first is candied citrus that was actually inspired by, of course, a TikTok video. I'm a TikTok scholar. Uh, I had never made candied citrus before, but I was like, that looks fun and it looks different. And I love citrus, oranges, grapefruits, all the like. So I've been making those and dipping them in chocolate. It did turn out to be a multi-day process, mostly because I don't own a food dehydrator. So I had to dehydrate each piece of candied citrus in the oven at as low of a temperature as it could go and then flip the fruits every hour. So again, <laughs> it took me multiple days and I would do it again next year but only if I buy a food dehydrator. So word to the wise, if you've been seeing some of my candied citrus stuff on Instagram or wherever I've shared it and you're like, wow, cute, I wanna try that next year, just get you a food dehydrator. Highly would recommend it, I'm gonna do that for me. The second thing that I've been baking are these cookies, like a random recipe that I found online. I think it was something from the Food Network and they have dried cranberries and white chocolate chips. And they called for macadamia nuts, but I couldn't find any of those at any grocery store. Like, if your grocery store carries macadamia nuts, let me know, because nowhere near me did. So I was using some crushed walnuts instead, which, honestly, I wouldn't even know the difference. <laughs> or maybe I would if I had the cookies side by side, but having only made them with walnuts, they were great. And 10 out of 10 would make again. Actually, after I record this intro, I will be going down to my kitchen to make one more batch to take home with me to family. But all of this to say, I hope your holiday season is going well so far and you're finding some time for some things that you enjoy, whether that's baking or not, wrapping presents or not, or just doing whatever your holiday vibe might be. 
Two things that I want to share as a part of this intro, just general update wise, or things that you can expect from me for the rest of this year and heading into the new year. First is a holiday giveaway. Now, if you are tuning into the podcast on the day this episode comes out, Wednesday, December 20th, you're going to be the first people to hear this because I'm not mentioning it on Instagram or anywhere else until Friday. So you're the first to know. Congrats. But this holiday giveaway is something I just want to do as a thank you for following along, whether you're here on the podcast or following along with any of my social media content. I think it's just a time of year where I'm thinking about, you know, what can I offer? What can I give? What can I do for people who have given me a lot over the years? So in this giveaway, again, it won't open until this Friday, the 22nd, but get excited, you're here first, you're going to get access to win or have the potential to win rather my mastering meal planning mini course. That's the first part of the bundle, a 75 minute one-on-one nutrition coaching session with me. So this is a single intensive call where the winner will come and ask their nutrition questions or get support on anything that might feel challenging in their relationship with food or nutrition. So it's a 75 minute deep dive session. And then the last thing in this bundle is a surprise little goodie bag filled with some of my favorite things. I know that's vague, but I'm gonna fill these with my favorite things and then they will be mailed to the winners. So applications will open this Friday, the 22nd, like I've been saying, and they are going to close on Thursday, December 28th. And the winner will be randomly selected or two winners, not just one, but two winners will be randomly selected on Friday, the 29th, and then notified via email. So good luck if you are hoping to enter or learn more about the giveaway. All of the information will be posted on my Instagram. I'm going to link it in my stories and on my bio, and I'm probably going to make a TikTok about it as well. So if you are connected to me on a social platform, or if you're on my email list, you will see the link to fill out an entry form and be entered to win. May the odds be ever in your favor. I did go see the new Hunger Games prequel movie (laughs) this week, so you know why that reference was top of mind for me. That is the first thing. Moving on to the second thing that I'm going to have a little bit closer to the start of the new year, aka it's coming out on New Year's Day, but I have been spending some time over the past week and a half putting together what I am calling the Reframing Resolutions Workbook. This is a 53-page workbook. Yes, 53. It took me a while. This is going to be a resource that you can download come the turn of the new year. If you're someone who's interested in making some changes in your health and in your relationship with food, but you want to go about those changes in a way that is not going to send you spiraling into the diet mindset. I'm a firm believer that we can set intentions and goals about things in our relationship with food or in our health habits without going into an all or nothing mindset that ends up being unsustainable. So this ebook or this workbook is going to have multiple activities that will walk you through that process, lots of reflection points. It's also going to have 10 of my all-time favorite recipes that I have created over the years, and it also is going to include a 30-minute video training about reframing your resolutions and setting you up for sustainable and health-promoting change in the new year if that's something that you're interested in. So again, that will come out on January 1st. The link to that will be all over the places that I just listed. So Instagram, TikTok, and my email newsletter. And that's going to be a really cost accessible uh, resource as well. It's going to be $24 for the year 2024 and 53 pages. You take it, work through at your own pace, and it'll be pretty cool. But enough about the things that I have coming or that I've been working on. Before I get into introducing today's guest, Sammy, I wanted to spend a little bit of time just listing out some holiday eating do's and holiday eating don'ts. Sammy and I touch a little bit on this towards the end of our conversation, so you're about to hear all about that. But this is inspired from an Instagram post that I made a couple of days ago because When I think about the holiday season, I think of 
a lot of food related gatherings and activities and I know that can be a spot for a lot of joy and satisfaction but I also know it can be a spot for some stress and uneasiness especially if your relationship with food doesn't feel like it's in the best place right now so maybe let's start with the don'ts list I have four and then we'll start with the do's or some practical tips to to think about over the next couple of weeks So the first thing that we are not going to do heading into the holidays is restrict to save up for the big meal. If you've been here on the podcast before, you know already my pendulum analogy, right? The more we restrict and delay eating and pull that metaphorical pendulum all the way to the extreme, when we let it go or when we inevitably have to eat or walk into the holiday party and all of our favorite delicious foods are out on the table, we are going to be so much more likely to swing in the opposite direction and eat in a way that feels out of control or a little frenzied and end up feeling uncomfortable physically speaking so it is a much better idea to eat regularly and include foods that make you feel good we'll talk more about this in the do's category but we are not going to restrict to save up for that big meal we're also not here's the second one we're not going to make comments about other people's plates or bodies that is their their stuff their um what's the word i'm looking for not their opinion their business there we go their business not yours The third thing we're not going to do is feel pressured to eat or drink something for that matter that you don't want to in order to please someone else. We do not have to succumb to peer pressure. I sound like someone in the D.A.R.E. program if you grew up in like the 90s and early 2000s. Um, But I know this is often a way that we socialize, right? We go over to people's homes and we eat the things that they've prepared and we drink things and that is all well and good if you want to be eating, drinking, and enjoying those things. But I think we've all probably come across a situation in the past where whatever was being served, we weren't a huge fan of, or I think this particularly happens with drinks. It's like maybe you don't want to drink or have an alcoholic beverage, or maybe you want to have one and be done, and someone feels like they're pressuring you, saying things like, oh, don't be boring. Don't be a stick in the mud. Come on, have some fun. Take this from me. I identify as a stick in the mud, as a very boring person, and I don't mean those things negatively at all. Like, I love this part about my personality where I'm like, I don't need to do any of that to feel like I'm having fun, to feel like I can engage with you and like have a nice time. But seriously, take it from me. If you choose to say no or decline any of those food slash beverage offers, that person will be okay. And if they're not, then maybe that's something that they need to unpack, but that's a topic for another day. Okay, the fourth and the final thing that we are not going to do is guilt ourselves into renewing diet vows on January 1st. Look, we know why we do this, because oftentimes holiday eating feels so different from usual when we're out of routine, when we're eating a different variety of things. It is normal to maybe just feel a little bit bleh or uncomfortable after the holidays. However, that discomfort or if you do feel kind of bleh does not mean that you've done anything wrong. It doesn't mean that you need to start compensating for your eating coming January 1st or restricting. I think it's really important to just head into the holidays with this expectation of eating is going to be different. My choices might look different. That is okay because that's part of the holidays. I can still try to find little ways to focus on self-care or eating things that do make me feel pleasant when I have the opportunity, but we're going to enjoy and we're going to find satisfaction in eating, even if that looks different from our usual day-to-day choices. So the TLDR of this is even if you feel uncomfortable or bleh, the lovely word I've been using (laughs) so far, that does not mean that you need to throw yourself into a diet come January 1st. And I mentioned um, my ebook coming out on January 1st is going to have all the stuff to help you stay out of that dieting spiral, even if you are feeling some of those discomforts. So stay tuned for that. Now let's talk about the do category. I think I have not just four here, but five. So we are going to think about eating foods that we enjoy, 
this holiday. We're also going to try to eat foods that make us feel good when we have the opportunity to. Number three is we're going to remember that food is more than just fuel. That is especially evident around the holidays where we have traditions surrounding food, we connect with people over food, it might be a part of your culture or cultural tradition. So yes, food is fuel. It's, you know, calories and vitamins and minerals and all of those things, but it's also so much more than that. And we really have to acknowledge that this time of year. That ties into the flexibility piece and knowing that eating is just going to look different that I was talking about earlier. Fourth thing that we are going to do, we're going to know that it's okay to feel full. And if you ever feel unpleasantly full, we're going to remember that that discomfort will pass with time. Your body has been doing its thing and digesting food and giving you energy from that food for as long as you have been here on this little planet earth and it will continue to do that and lastly we're gonna stay hydrated that one's a no-brainer but you wouldn't believe the number of people who dm me sometimes i'll do these little hydration reminder check-ins on instagram with the like water droplet emoji like tap here when you've had your sip of water so many people will dm me in response to those saying these are so helpful I forget so often to drink water. I, I've had a couple people message me in relation to the holiday season specifically, saying like, I always forget when I'm out of my routine or when I'm at my parents' house or at my partner's house, whatever it is, I forget to have my water bottle. So if this is you, little reminder to clean that water bottle. Make sure it's clean. I've been on dirty water bottle TikTok recently, like people finding mold in their water bottles. So make sure it's clean and then take it with you wherever you happen to be celebrating the holidays. Apologies if you just heard some loud thumping noises. I was getting very animated with my hands going through that list and I accidentally sideswiped my mic and was banging on my desk. Oops. But now that we've gone through that, hopefully you're feeling maybe in a little bit of a better headspace going into the next couple of weeks, or if not, you've at least had these reminders made more top of mind. But let's go ahead and introduce our guest for today's episode, and we'll get into it. So in this episode, I am speaking with Sammy Haberbrando. You may know her through her very popular Instagram account, Veggies and Chocolate. In this interview, I actually get the chance to ask her about the inspiration behind that handle and how that ties into her all foods fit philosophy. So that was a really cool moment for me because I have followed Sammy for a while and I've always wondered, where did that come from? Is there a meaning behind this? So it was neat to hear her talk about it. But Sammy is a registered dietitian and certified intuitive eating counselor. She has her master's degree in nutrition and dietetics with a clinical nutrition concentration. When it comes to nutrition, she believes in two main points. First is that nutrition should be easy, and the second is that all foods fit. She runs her own private practice where she meets with clients individually and works with different food brands on recipe development and spokesperson work. And she has also written a cookbook called The Essential Vegetable Cookbook that came out in the summer of 2018. On her Instagram account, like I mentioned earlier, Veggies and Chocolate, she shares realistic nutrition tips and actually easy recipes, which side note, I can confirm that the recipes are indeed easy and they are very delicious. So to learn more about Sammy, you can check her out on Instagram at Veggies and Chocolate, or you can visit her website, SammyBrondo.com. You can also find the Essential Vegetable Cookbook on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble, Target, and at Select whole foods markets in this conversation that i have recorded with sammy we talk a little bit more about her background what the all foods fit mindset really means to her how she goes about building recipes and of course since this episode is coming out in december we also chat through some tips that she has for staying nourished during the holiday season between these social gatherings that you might have on your calendar I want to give a huge shout out and a thank you to Sammy for being here and carving some time out of her schedule to record with me so I can share this conversation with all of you. So without further ado, let's go ahead and talk with Sammy. Enjoy. Hi, Sammy. Welcome to the Yours Julie podcast. Hi, thank you. Okay, we are going to get right into it with my favorite little game show at the top of every episode that I call This or That. Are you ready? 
I'm ready. Okay. My first question is TV series or movies? Ooh, TV series. I'm the same. It's like, it's nice to have something that you can just keep coming back to night after night until you finish it instead of a movie. It's just like, you know, you watch it and then it's done. Yeah. And also it's just quicker. If you only have 30 minutes, you have a TV show, you're done. Totally. You don't have to commit to a whole movie. (laughs) Totally. Um, Okay. Second one for breakfast. Are you more of a pancake waffle person or an omelet eggs savory type of breakfast? Totally pancake waffle sweet all the way. Oh yeah. I am. It's kind of a cop out on these questions to say both, but I'm like a both type of person. (laughs) I like um, (laughs) sweet and the savory for the satisfaction of it all. Right. (laughs) I hear you. Yeah. Um, Okay. Warm weather or cold weather? Oh my gosh, totally warm, especially now that it's cold here in New York. Give me all the warm weather. Have Have you all seen snow yet? Not yet. I think we had flurries that didn't stick, but now that it's like the start of the cold, I'm dreading these cold months. Have you guys had snow? No, we here in Virginia, we don't really get it. We oh. might see like half of an inch or one inch rarely, but we don't really see it all that often. But s- snow at the beach is kind of fun when we do rarely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds pretty. Yeah. The um the last time I was in New York City, it was in the heat of the summer and we had a lovely time, but I think we underestimated how much we would be walking and how hot it would be and how much sunscreen we would need and water and like all the things. So next time if I ever, you know, go again, I'm packing all those items in like a duffel or something. Yes, it it definitely gets to you when you're walking around all day. Yeah. Uh, Okay, two more. So this one is a little bit of a niche question, but when you are enjoying like banana bread or zucchini bread, do you like it with nuts in the bread or are you a no nut, no crunch type of person? Oh, I love how specific that is. And I have... (laughs) fast answer. No nut, no crunch, not in banana bread, not in cookies. I don't want it. Wow. I am taken aback by that answer. Cannot relate, <laughs> Cannot relate whatsoever. Um, yeah. I figured we had to include like a very niche specific question since you do develop a lot of recipes and we'll talk more about that. But I was like, I know she has to have an opinion on this. <laughs> yes. Yes. And a strong one. I love the question and I love yeah. that in my baked goods. Okay. That was going to be my follow-up. Is that like, uh, you just don't like those foods in general or just not combined in a baked good? Just not combined. I love them. Like I love a crunchy peanut butter, but not, not in baked goods. Okay. My first surprise of the episode, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Final one for candy, chocolate or sour candy. Definitely chocolate. I love both for sure, Uh but it's like, have to choose one. I'm going chocolate for sure. We can agree on that one. We can agree. There we go. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, now that we've gotten to know you in a fun, but also very niche way, no nuts in the banana bread. Um, I- I'd love to just learn a little bit more about you, like as a professional, as a person and how you got to be where you are in your career with what you do. Yeah. So I have been a dietitian for over 10 years, which is crazy. Um, I now work in private practice. I have my own private practice. And then I do a lot on social media with recipe development and just sharing, you know, fun things about intuitive eating and food freedom. And um, it's nice. It's a nice way to mix it up and do a little bit of both. I like seeing clients privately and helping them individually. And I like being able to reach more people on social media and have a bigger audience that way. Um I first, after my dietetic internship, worked in a hospital, like many dietitians. Uh, I worked in an outpatient, uh, an outpatient primary care setting, which was nice because it was kind of similar to what I do now with nutrition counseling in my private practice, just in the hospital setting. Uh, and I started seeing patients on the side, gradually building up my own practice. And after a few years at the hospital, felt comfortable-ish as much as one ever does to go out on my own and and be on my own full-time. So I did that probably uh, five years ago. I like how you phrase it as as comfortable-ish. It's like, you know, as much as I was ever going to be like ready to take on a new challenge, but 
at some point there always has to be that little like nudge forward or like, okay, I guess I'm going to do it. And it sounds like that was true for you. Yes. Always very scary to go off on your own and probably still is, but yeah, at some point you just have to take the leap and do it if you really want to. Yeah. And you're talking about um your social media presence and how it is nice to be able to reach more people and offer education. I have followed you on social media for a while now. I think I became really aware of your account, like peak pandemic time. Um, like I know you were on social media before then, but when everybody was like, okay, what else am I going to do other than be on social? Um, so I learned about you then. And one thing that stood out to me first and foremost is your handle veggies and chocolate. And, you know, when I think of your content and how much you talk about an all foods fit mentality and that kind of approach, what better phrasing than like veggies and chocolate. So I'd love to learn just a little bit more about your mindset around like all foods fit and what that means to you personally, and maybe your clients as well. Cause I know sometimes in the intuitive eating space, there can be some misconceptions about well, what does this mean and how do I practice that? So how do you describe it to your clients? Yeah. Thank you for the the compliment too, about the name. Yeah. Of it. Because literally this morning I was like, maybe I should change my handle and just make it my name. And I don't know. I don't know if people really associate me with veggies and chocolate, but you know, you get so like tied to a handle after you've had uh-huh. it for so long. But anyway, I, um, I made my Instagram account back when Instagram was just getting started, when it was like pre-influencer era, I was just like, you know what? I think that people like looking at food photos. I think as a dietitian, I could be on Instagram and just made an account. And this was so long ago that I didn't even want my name on it. I was like, let me still like go a little rogue. I didn't have a profile picture. And that was when I chose veggies and chocolate. I'm pretty sure my mindset at the time was like, still kind of an all foods fit mindset, but I was like, you know, I I love vegetables. I love chocolate. I think they're both really important parts of the diet. This is what I'm going to make my handle. And then of course, as my nutrition philosophy has evolved and as my career has evolved, that messaging has really still rung true where I I think both foods or groups are really important. And of course it speaks to the larger picture of that all foods can fit where I, of course, want people to eat nutritious foods like vegetables. We all know that they're nutritious. We all know they're good for us. But I also want people to enjoy foods like chocolate or whatever it is that you enjoy that may not be the most nutritious food in the world, but is also delicious and equally satisfying. Yeah, it's like food serves more of a purpose than just being nutrition, right? It obviously is fuel and vitamins and minerals, and we need to have a variety of those foods. But it would also feel like something major is lacking if there is none of the food for satisfaction or eating while we're socializing. So I love how you, yeah, just like really emphasize the importance of both of those. And I didn't know if this nutrition philosophy was in your mind when you created that handle, but at least me as an outsider, I'm like, wow, that seems like it really fits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I don't, I don't know that it was either, but it's, it's stuck and it still makes sense. So I keep it. Yeah, for now, now at least we keep it for now. That's funny that you mentioned even this morning or kind of recently you're tossing around the idea like, do I change it? Do I not? I don't know if you're, you know, a believer in signs or what your philosophy is there, but like, I don't maybe it's a sign that, you know, people, it stands out, but I would also understand if you're like, I want to be known by my name. I would get that too. No, both good points. It's I'm going to have to do some thinking about it. I, I actually don't even think Instagram lets you change your handle at a certain point. So this is, oh. this is going to be a project in the future it, that maybe we'll look into even if I decide to do it. Yeah. Stick a pen in it for later. Yes. Yeah. Um, kind of going down the same line though, of your social media and what you share, you have a plethora of recipes. I know you have a recipe book as well, right? We have a physical copy book and you have an ebook too. We have both of them. Yeah. 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 So I want I want to talk more specifically about those in a second, but how did you come to developing and sharing a lot of recipes? Is this just like you've always loved cooking and it fits with being a dietitian? Is this like where you want to spend more of your time as a dietitian, more in like the culinary or like the food space? I'd love to learn more about that. Yeah, I think for me, my biggest thing probably in nutrition in general is that it should be easy and it should be enjoyable. I think 
one of the biggest messages that I like to spread as it relates to a healthy relationship with food is that food shouldn't be something that causes you stress. It shouldn't be something that you ruminate over. It should be something enjoyable. You know, we have to eat every day, multiple times per day. Food should be simple. And as I was delving more into that messaging, the concept of what to eat comes up a lot too. I see it with my clients. I see it on social media. I see it, you know, with myself and with friends is that not only are people stressed about their eating behaviors and how they look at food, but also just what to eat and making food. So a big goal for me in recipes was how can I simplify nutrition totally? How can I make eating simple? How can I make cooking simple? Because again, we have to do it every single day. It shouldn't be complicated. And you know, as well as I do, there are so many people on social media that like to act like you have to get the most obscure ingredients or spend so much time in the kitchen to be healthy and make just the most craziest concoctions. When in reality, you can grab some frozen pizza, frozen veggies, throw them in the oven, throw them in the air fryer, call it a day. And that is an great meal. You know, it doesn't need to be complicated. And that was my goal in sharing recipes. Like I, I don't have a culinary background. I like to think I know how to cook, but nothing is super involved or super crazy. I really like to show people that eating should be simple. It should be quick. It can be quick. And in doing so, it hopefully can be fun and bring some of the joy back into it. Yeah. I love that. So your two were, it should be simple and was fun. The second one, simple. Yeah. I mean, that sounds right. <laughs> simple and fun. You said it. And I was like, Claire, don't forget that. You want to ask another question. And here I went and, and forgot it. But yeah, you're so right that in, you know, conversations with clients or even conversations with people over social media, so many people I find will easily get on board with this idea of like, of course, I want to enjoy my food more. I want to feel better in my relationship with food. Like I got that part down, like I'm working on it, but then it does become this question of, I start to feel overwhelmed when deciding the what, whether that's grocery shopping or what do I actually put on my plate or how do I make meals that feel nourishing that aren't going to have me in the kitchen for two hours every single night. So if there's anyone out there listening who is thinking right now for me, eating does not feel simple. And it does not feel fun. It feels the opposite of what you were describing. Any um, like initial tips? These could be questions or like pointers to help get them started with a new approach to eating that might align a little bit more with your, your simple and fun. Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways we can look at that, but probably the top two and two of the most important that would come to my mind be would be one, allowing all foods. I think one of the biggest things is once we allow all foods and get rid of that restriction, which, you know, can be so subconscious. A lot of times someone might think, oh, I, I don't diet. I allow all foods, but in their head, they're still thinking mm, I should have had a salad or I really should be good. I shouldn't have the cookie. There's still some kind of restriction going on there. So one al allowing all foods can really just help to take away the stress and know that everything can fit. There's a time and place for everything. I always tell my clients, like we all know that a slice of cake is not the most nutritious food in the world. Of course we do, but is it delicious? Absolutely. Are you going to enjoy it? Of course. And once you start to allow all foods and get rid of that restriction, it really does make food more enjoyable because instead of eating something and thinking I shouldn't have eaten that I'm so bad, you can just enjoy it and move on with your life. Of course, this is so much easier said than done, but the concept of allowance, I think is really, really important. And then two, again, making meals easy. Um, I know even for me as a dietitian, when I first started out, I would only create like really, really nutritious recipes. I remember I even would talk about only eating natural peanut butter. And mind you, I love Jif peanut butter. I think Jif is like supreme when it comes to peanut butter. Yeah. But I thought, oh, if you want to be, you know, as healthy as possible, you have to eat as nutritious as possible. And now I know that's just silly. No one's eating like that. That's not fun. No one wants to eat just like the most nutritious foods in the world. Not to mention mixing it up a little, having a Jif peanut butter with a little oil, a little sugar it's barely making a difference, if anything. So I think too, like expanding what you eat and making it fun and enjoyable and liking the foods you're eating can really bring some of the fun back. We want it just to be, to taste good and be fun. And if cooking isn't your thing, make it easy. Look for frozen foods, look for 10 minute meals, get a meal delivery service, like whatever is just going to make your life easy as it relates to food. It should not be something that's adding stress or a lot of extra time or anxiety in your, in your day. 
Yeah. Even the example that you offered earlier in this call, I don't know if you said you were talking about on your Instagram story or where, but you were like the frozen pizza. And then there's like frozen veggies and we add it to the side. Or I've even before done like a frozen pizza and it's like, Ooh, like I was at this pizza parlor once and they added arugula to the top and like a balsamic drizzle. It's like all of this happens very easily. And with like three ingredients. So I think even permission too, you were talking about that concept of allowance, but allowing some of those more convenience-based foods or things that might be freezer to air fryer or freezer to oven or like pre-cut, you know, I think there can be so much negativity and like stigma around those foods, like shouldn't use them or you're not trying hard enough. Or if we know how to use them and like add to them and make selections that are satisfying, they can be a really big um, alleviator of stress with eating. Yeah. That's such a good point too. You know, there's so much that to me just seems like it makes sense, but you reminded me, I had a client a while ago who wouldn't use store-bought dressing and wouldn't use pre-cut vegetables. She was just so conditioned to think that that's not what she should be doing. When in my mind, of course you should use store-bought dressing. It's such a big time saver. And look, if you want to make your own dressing, like by all means power to you, but I also have absolutely nothing against store-bought dressing. It saves so much time. Pre-cut vegetables save so much time, like whatever you need to do to make your life easier. And we all pick our priorities. Is a pre-cut butternut squash going to be more expensive than buying a whole butternut squash? Probably. Is it going to save you some time and make it easier for you to cook? And is that a priority? Then then go for it if, if you can. We just want to do you know what works for you that makes your life easier. It's so funny that you bring up the example of a butter of a butternut squash. <laughs> I was doing um a cooking skills workshop recently about fall fall foods and one of the skills that I wanted to demonstrate was, you know, preparing or prepping a butternut squash and cubing it and I was halfway through the demonstration and I was like, y'all, I'm going to be honest with you. This is the last time I will ever get a whole butternut process <laughs> it myself because yeah, you are correct. It is more expensive to buy it pre-cut and pre-prepared in that way. But the amount of time I spent peeling it and cubing it, my hand was hurting. I was like cursing my cutting board by the end of it. I was like, this is awful. It sucks. (laughs) So so funny. Yeah. Another question. Because I have a whole butternut squash sitting on my counter right now. I'm realizing as you say that, and I need to cut into that soon or or it's going to waste, which is a waste of money. Yeah. And you buy a butternut squash cut up frozen, which is probably the most economical choice and oh, the easiest. Sure. Yeah. And you can get it at any time of the year, whereas other times of the year, it's not that you can't find a fresh one, but they're going to be harder to find in the grocery yes. store. Um, well, best of luck to you in processing that squash <laughs> that's on your counter. You. Um, might I also say, if I could go back in time, I probably would have just like quartered it and roasted it flat part down instead of cubing it. Like then I could have squeezed it into a blender to make the soup I was trying to make. Like it didn't need to be cubed. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But another question that I have along the lines of trying to simplify meals and make things fun and enjoyable. Do you have any sort of like brainstorming process or simple strategy for someone who is trying to make more meals at home, but they're like, I don't even know where to start. Um, I like, I know I have a simple brainstorming framework that still gives clients flexibility and choice, but it kind of points them in the right direction. So they don't feel like they're totally lost. Do you have anything similar to maybe share with listeners? I love that you have that. You know, where I normally tell most people to look is Instagram. Like if Uh you're scrolling and you see things you like, save them, create little folders, because we all go through that where we're sitting, thinking about what to make for the week or we're ordering groceries and we have no idea what sounds good or what to eat. I think one of the best things you can do is save recipes on Instagram that look good. So you have this list to go back to, or if you ever made something and it was really easy or it was really good, write it down, have like a little notes app on your phone so you can remember your go-tos because it's, it's really hard to remember in the moment, but we all have those recipes or meals that we go to that we know are easy that we know we like. And if you can just kind of like keep them collected somewhere so that you can refer back to them that could be so helpful. Yeah. I love that because you're right. Some of the overwhelm in the moment of like, Oh, I got to plan meals for the week, or I have to build a grocery list is, Oh my gosh, I have to come up with five ideas right now in the moment when I'm not hungry. Maybe it's like in the morning, but having um, a list, whether it's like the notes app on your phone, or sometimes I'll talk to clients about like putting them on an index card 
and like keep the stack of index cards, like somewhere in the kitchen, not that it has to be a recipe card, but the idea is there. You can draw them at random. You can lay them out like what sounds good this week. And the idea of having like a saved Instagram folder, I think is a great one too. Um, That actually brings me to some of your recipes, maybe. So you have an ebook like we said, and a physical copy book. What, um, what was the inspiration behind each of those? Cause I know one is more veggie specific, correct? Yeah. So my cookbook is, it's a, it's a vegetable cookbook. And again, it just goes back to this idea of simple. It's, um, all vegetable recipes, all really easy to make minimal ingredients. The key was, again, we know vegetables are important. We know they're nutritious, but how do we eat them? Like, how do we actually add them to the diet? I wanted to make them fun. I wanted to make them taste good. I wanted to make it easy. I firmly believe that nobody should be eating like plain steamed broccoli unless they love it like that. If that's not your thing, don't force yourself to eat it. We shouldn't be eating foods we don't like. So I really wanted to make the concept of eating vegetables easy and fun and delicious because I know the vegetables can be delicious. I want everyone else to kind of see that too. They don't have to be plain steamed and boring. We should add sauce. We should have flavor. We should make them delicious. And I wanted to do that in an easy way. The ebook um, is just a small book to kind of help create a healthier relationship with food. It's something I just feel so passionately passionately about as someone who struggled with their relationship with food throughout their teens and 20s and someone who sees the difference between having a healthy relationship with food and not. I just wanted to create some kind of resource that could help people. I do have um, another one that I'm working on that's going to come out early next year, not an ebook, another resource, but I just want to help people with that. I just feel like food is something that if you are a millennial like me or really any other age group, like we've, we've all struggled with it in some way and it sucks. It takes up so much of your brain space and it it doesn't have to. And like any way that I can help with that is really, really rewarding. Yeah. I was going to say one of the things that I love most about your resources, like the, the ebook and the cookbook that we're talking about is they're so accessible. Like I was on your, your website earlier in the ebook, like 10 bucks, like a cookbook. <laughs> and it really is a way for dietitians to be able to share stuff about food mindset or how we're thinking about food or building meals and even sharing recipes for people who might be interested in some of this stuff, but aren't really in a position to say, I want to work one-on-one with a dietitian or even in a group setting. And who doesn't love beautiful cookbooks to put on some of their shelves? <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it goes back to making it easy. I don't want yeah. to have to feel like they have to spend a ton of time or a ton of money. If we can give, make it as easy as possible to do these things, everyone deserves a healthy relationship with food. What you were talking about with veggies really resonated with me. I made a post, I don't know how long ago now, but something along the lines of, do you really hate all vegetables or do you hate the way that you have been told you should eat them? And in my mind, when I say that, I picture exactly what you were talking about, like unseasoned, steamed broccoli. And we're not here to make broccoli, the punching bag of this episode. However, (laughs) not always the most interesting and satisfying if we're not adding another component or or fat for flavor. So um, I I like how you talk about that. Um, This brings me to another question that's a little bit more holiday season specific. Um, I didn't tell you this before we hit record, but I would love for this episode to probably come out like sometime in December. And I know one of the challenges with eating in the holidays, there can be a lot of them, but one of them is feeling like we're so out of routine because if we're going to social gatherings or if we're traveling, it can be hard to feel like we even have the time or the headspace when we are at home to like plan for a meal or go to the grocery store or sometimes even like the overabundance of leftovers. And it's like, I don't want to eat that same thing again that I've eaten for five days. So any tips for people who maybe struggle with cooking or maybe consistency with grocery shopping or meal planning during the holidays? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that because it is it is a hard time in all of those respects and there are more social events and you're just eating differently than normal. I think the biggest thing that anyone can do is just take some of the pressure off yourself and and know lower your expectations. Know that you are probably not going to be eating what you normally eat. You are probably going to be eating out more and going to parties more and know to expect that and know that it's okay. This is one time of year. I would prefer that someone be going to a holiday party and enjoying 
whatever it is they want to enjoy instead of declining the party so they can sit at home and have a salad. I, I want you to enjoy food. It's one time of year. You should really enjoy it. Regarding the cooking, you know, again, whatever you can do to make it easy. I think it's such a busy time of year and it's such an expensive time of year. Mm -hmm. So this is really a time where I would utilize the freezer, frozen meals. If you're a Trader Joe's person, I hate to say I'm I'm not, um, but I know a lot of people are. You <laughs> look scared when you said that. You're like, oh no. I feel like you are, right? <laughs> um, I, I enjoy Trader Joe's. I will go there maybe like once a month. It's not my closest oh, okay, okay. store, but I do I do go there some. But hey, if you're like, this is not my thing, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I feel like people who love Trader Joe's love Trader Joe's, which I uh-huh. wish I did. They have great products. I just it's it's not close enough to, for to me for me to go often or uh-huh. as I would. But anyway, they have wonderful like full freezer meals. You know, if you're a Trader Joe's person, utilize those. Anything frozen because it's gonna last, and if you don't get to it, it's gonna stay in your freezer for a while. Um, really utilize anything in your freezer. Of course, like anything cans that that's just gonna be shelf stable and last a little little longer. Make your meals easy. Like back to that idea of foods, not meals, not having to be complicated. There's nothing wrong with having a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch and calling it a day. The only downside I see is that maybe you might still be hungry and need like an apple or some chips or some carrots or something on the side, but like, there's nothing wrong with that. And if that's, what's going to make it easy for you to eat lunch and make food and not waste food, by all means, go for it. Yeah, you're you're speaking to the right person when you use the example <laughs> of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I was like, absolutely, nothing wrong with it. But yeah, there might need to be like another texture component or another food group component. You're right if we're looking for that um full and lasting staying power. But I appreciate like the two reminders there more first that that mindset reminder of, yep, we're just gonna expect this time of year that we are out of routine, that we're going to more social events and how celebrating and leaning into that is actually like a healthful thing to do. Like it can be to a certain extent this time of year and celebrating the social aspect of it all. Um, And I also tell my clients too, I don't know if this is something that comes up in conversation with you and clients, but using this time of year to reflect on what has changed in their relationship with food almost is like a what wins do I have to celebrate? Maybe this time last year, I couldn't be as flexible or I was judging my food choices more, whereas now I'm not. So I think it can be a nice opportunity for that. And absolutely, I echo everything you said on the freezer components or the simple meals or even um, I love trying to get creative with leftovers so it doesn't have to feel like the same exact meal over and over again. Like on Thanksgiving, I love a like a turkey sandwich the day after, yeah. like cranberry sauce on the sandwich. So even just trying to think of ways to use something you might have a ton of in a slightly different way, adding like a freezer veggie or uh, a different grain to it can be a really great way to spice up foods that you already have in the fridge. Yeah, I love that. That is such a good point. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, my final two questions for you, one with all of this food and recipe talk and knowing that you create a lot of them, I have to know if you have been loving anything specific for like winter foods and recipes. So you said you had a butternut squash on your counter. Like is that the vibe of the season? Is there another thing that you're going back to a lot this winter? Any like fan favorites? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Soup has definitely been a big one. Mm -hmm. There is a broccoli cheddar soup on my blog that I love. I can't get enough of. And I like almost always put it in a bread bowl, which is delicious. That's a big one. Um, I just made a chicken pot pie. That was really good too. I feel like that's going to be on rotation for the winter. I try to do a mix of things that sound good to me and that I know my kids will eat too. So it varies for sure. But um the, I think soup and, and the chicken pot pie will be heavily on rotation, both like very comforting, nourishing, hearty meals that, yeah, I could, I could see happening a lot this winter. That's exactly how I was going to describe those, like how hearty and like warm those sound. It sounds perfect. And funny that you bring up that soup. I watched your video of that soup multiple times earlier today as I was prepping this. <laughs> I was like, oh my word, that looks so good. I saw it in the bread bowl. I was like cursing your name. Like, why don't I have any? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> There's something about soup in a bread bowl. Like that's just one of those ones that 
I'm sure it would be really good without, but you have to do it in the bread bowl. It's so much better that way. Like, yeah, at least once. It's so good. Yeah. At least once. It's so good. Are you out here making your own bread bowls or are you like getting the loaves of bread and kind of like picking out the, or like, do you bake your bread? I guess is a better way to phrase it. Oh gosh. No, I don't. <laughs> <bake my bread. laughs> like back on the topic of easy. Yeah. I, I mean, uh-huh. it sounds amazing, but I definitely do not have time for that. I'm, I'm buying the bread. <laughs> I was going to say, based on everything that you've shared so far, my guess was going to be you're buying the bread and then, you know, making it into a bowl, which I respect. Yeah. I've never made a loaf of bread a day in my life. I would love to, but maybe another time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> another time for sure. I think growing up, we had a bread maker and it was a process and it's always delicious and like made the whole house smell good. But no, not, not at this point in time. <laughs> not at this point in time, but maybe in the future. Yeah. Um, okay, my final question for you, where can our listeners find you specifically the books that we have mentioned? I bet they're curious and, you know, any other offers that you have, feel free to plug so people can look you up. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So you can find me on my website is sammybrondo.com. All my recipes are on my blog, um, on Instagram as veggies and chocolate. And I have a new course that is coming early next year that will also be on my website and will be shared about a ton on Instagram. So again, everything will really be on there, veggies and chocolate. Yeah, I find that with most guests that I have, as long as people can make it to your Instagram, everything else, <laughs> as long as you can That's make it to one place, you know, you'll you'll make it to all the other places. And I can confirm all is linked from there because that's how I was finding your ebooks and your regular book and all that thing. Yeah. Um, but Sammy, thank you so much for carving out the time to be here. I know you're busy, both mom life, professional life, existing. So I, I appreciate you being here and talking with us about the all foods fit mindset, and even a couple of holiday tips in here. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. Yeah. Okay. Listeners. Well, that is all we have for today. So we are going to sign off by saying yours, Julie, Claire, and Sammy. And that's a wrap for episode 184 here on the Yours Truly podcast with Sammy Haverbrando. Thanks again, Sammy, for coming on the show as a guest. And don't forget to check her out on Instagram and TikTok at Veggies and Chocolate. And I have her website and her cookbook that we talked about in this episode listed in the show notes below. So check those out too. For more information on my offerings, how to work with me one-on-one and the giveaway and the workbook that I was mentioning at the top of this call, stay connected with me on Instagram at Claire Tuning. As always, if you like today's episode or anything else that I've shared this year or in the previous, I don't know, five years of the podcast, however long I've been doing this, it would mean the world to me and all of our guests as well if you could share this episode or the show in general. You can do that by taking a screenshot of wherever you're listening to this and maybe putting it on your social media story or texting it out to a friend. Depending on what platform you're listening on, you can usually find three dots somewhere on your screen that will give you the link to this episode that you can text or email out. And as always, if you tag me and Sammy in today's episode, we will be sure to send you a thank you and a repost for listening. But that is all that I have for today. I hope the rest of your 2023 goes as smoothly as possible. Happy holidays, and I will see you back here on the airwaves in 2024. Bye!